kill too many people. <laughs> no. Castle that bitch. I'll buy it. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on One sixty-six of the Art Jacob Through America podcast. I am your host today, Mr. Jacob P. In the place to be, sitting right across from me is Mr. Art T. Also in the place to be, Mr. Art. Say hello to the millions and millions. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking? We should start the podcast by just like, like if we just hit play and we just start by laughing, like, <laughs> like you interrupted us in the middle of the joke. Nice one, Mark. <laughs> oh man. Oh Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Anyways, guys. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to Caveman Coffee. Check out their entire inventory of coffee. They got hoodies. They have cocoa butter. They have hibiscus tea. The hibiscus tea is my personal favorite now. It's fucking amazing. I need to get some more. Um, but check it all out. Just check out their their entire inventory at Caveman Coffee. Find something you love, and then when you're gonna check out, once you found something you love, type in America at checkout to receive 15% off. That 15% goes towards helping us make the podcast better. One percent at a time. So we really, really appreciate that. And if you want to tag yourself, say drinking your caveman coffee, tag them and tag us on Instagram, and that also shows them that you are enjoying their product. So we greatly appreciate you if you're doing that. Yeah. And so with that said, um, also too, make sure you're checking out our other sponsor, um, El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Um, El Yucateco, uh, the official sponsor of as well as the Podbelly Network. Yes, sir. Um, uh, who, uh, where you can find other great podcasts. Uh, we recently did uh, a Patreon-only episode today with our sisters at the We're Not Sure Yet podcast, so make sure you go to our Patreon as well as their Patreon to go you know, download that episode. Fun episode. Uh, but they're also sponsored by El Yucateco. Um, guys, some of the best hot sauce you I had some ever. this morning. Yeah, I had some the last seven and a half days or whatever. Um, I've just been rocking with them you know, continuously. And then you know, every time you guys tag yourself as well as tag L U Kateko in there. Uh, I got we got a giveaway going on. So uh, whoever tags you know tags us as well as L U Kateko will get some free swag. You know, we got some L U Kateko uh, sunglasses, we got some L U Kateko pins, we got some stickers, we got bottle openers, we got socks. We got all oh, sorts shit, of crazy socks, shit. Man. So if you, if you want if you're one of the lucky ones, 
one of the lucky ones that are listening and doing the Lord's work by tagging us as well as El Yucateco. I'll send you some of that shit in the mail, just sporadically. So when you get a when you get a DM, you know, just 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 heads up. There's not going to be a PP picture in there. It's just going to be me asking <laughs> for your address so I can send you some swag. So um, make sure you go go anywhere where they sell food. You know, they have some El Yucateco hot sauce. You know, the, this quarantine time, you know, you have to battle, you know, all these non-face mask wearing motherfuckers. Go, go out and just look in your hot sauce aisle or go into the ethnic food aisle and look for some um, El Yucateco hot sauce. So a couple of you hit me up uh, saying that, hey, you know, I can't handle hot, hot, spicy things. Who the fuck said that? I don't know, but they do offer some um, choices for people that, you know, can't handle hot or spicy items. Um, I got some uh, Chipotle hot Ooh, sauce right I here. I didn't even know. What in the world is this? Chipotle. As well as some jalapeno hot sauce. So on my palate, not really spicy at all to me. I mean, it's probably the equivalent to, you know, having an onion on your sandwich or whatever. But this Chipotle hot sauce right here, I wouldn't say it's very spicy, but it's got like a smoky, uh, sweet flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, dude. Like, I was putting this on all that of my sounds sandwiches. really good, man. Dude, try some, dude. Um, well, after the show. I will try some right now on air. Okay. <laughs> put it on your finger and lick <laughs> I'll it. I'll just put it on my finger right now. This makes for good podcasting. Also, the black one I think is really good, especially if you're eating a stand. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you better eat all of that. <laughs> well, that's sweet. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like sweet. Yeah. So I've been putting that on all of my sandwiches this week. So I mean, I assume this table's clean. I'm not going to get coroned. No, there's no corona on that okay, table. I'm eating the whole thing. <laughs> Just lick the table. I'm not licking the table. That's a little too much. <laughs> you got to pay for that. I'm not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that is really good. So let me describe the flavor to you sweet it's like a star soft like kind of sweet it kind of reminds me of like mexican candy mm, yes so it's kind of sweet tangy kind of rem- almost like a mango flavor i don't know if mangoes are in there but it has like a mango-ish flavor definitely the um oh god it's real good um <laughs> it, um and then it ends up with like a spicy like a little kick in the gut but not too violent just a little no, bit just yeah. a, just a little bit just enough to like give you like a little wake-up call yeah, so I and, highly and it's gone. It. Yeah, and it's gone. He licked it up right off the table. So <laughs> that's how that's a testament to how good this El Yucateco hot sauce is. So if you're one of the millions of listeners or the one percent of listeners that can't handle a little bit of spiciness, the one percenters, <laughs> <laughs> you motorcycle club <laughs> motherfuckers, um, I recommend uh, the Chipotle or the jalapeno, which is not very spicy. The jalapeno tastes good. I would say like on some runny eggs, just put that shit in the yolk, boom. Tip top Magoo, baby. I had some of the red one on my uh, eggs and chorizo this morning. Oh, that sounds fucking bomb. amazing! Like it was like the right. I thought about going with this one right here, the triple X. This is a triple X, right? Yes. Okay, I thought about going with triple X, but I thought triple X might take a little bit of the flavor away from it, so I went with the uh, with the red label there. Mm-hmm. Such a good choice. King of flavors since 1968, baby. Hell yeah, man! I <laughs> fucking from the Yucatan Peninsula. Mm. That's where my hinter from. Hell yeah, uh, the motherland, as mm-hmm. I I call it. Yeah, man, I love it. Great right. stuff. Honestly, it's a pl- it's a pleasure and a treat to be sponsored by them to even be associated with. Them. Hell yeah. So with that said, Art, do you want to jump into today's topic? A little yeah. bit of a controversial topic, if you yeah, will. Yeah, man. I don't think it's that controversial, but you know, it's funny. I um, I I like the topic idea. We had kind of talked about this even when we were doing the um, the Bellas in the in the Witch Elm episode. So this is something that we kind of talked about already, but you know, a fucking fire was like lit in my in my corazoncito, um, <laughs> your little heart, my my corazoncito. Um, so it was lit <laughs> recently. The um, the uh, the Mexican company 
What about uh, Mexican? Uh, or not Mexican, but Mexican owned. Nope, they're not Go- Mexican Goya. owned. Goya? Goya? Wasn't the owner Mexican? He's from Spain. He's from Spain? Okay. So they make Hispanic food. Yes. And th- the thing about it is, um, I didn't want to start that. That was actually the last thing I wrote down was like, talk about Goya. Because yeah. I, I just put bulletin things of like, this is what you got. Things I definitely want to touch on. But Goya was one of them. And I talked to um, Jesus, friend of the show. He's been on the show. He's, he talked about how he got shot yeah. in Las Vegas. Uh, but we kind of had a disagreement on it, and he was saying, um, I think also like Jorge Maskadoff was like talking about it, like you guys need to support them because they supported us during the hurricane or something like that. Which is like, I understand this, I understand people's thought process in this, but these are corporations that are also getting tax write offs. Whenever you talk about you know help or or charity. it's not always necessarily coming from a, a good place. I from mean, their corazoncito. From their corazoncito. Since it's coming from a place of greed itself. These are tax write-offs. These these are corporations that find every le- loophole they can do, they can, they can find. And if they're helping, you know, Hispanic um, area, I, I think they were helping uh, Puerto Rico was, mm-hmm. was the country that they went to go help. I mean, those are a lot of people that buy their products. They knew what they were doing. It wasn't like it was like they're in Korea helping out after a fucking tsunami or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They specifically target areas that of people that know that that are going to buy their product, and they're also using this shit as a tax write off. So I, I mean, I heard that argument of like you got to like support people because they've been helping Hispanic people, and I was like, are they are they really helping Hispanic people, or are they just another greedy corporation that pretends to help? Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about Goya. And I don't think that I'm here to, just because you're Rasa, I should support you mm-hmm. at all. Because I don't believe that. In, in any in any race, you know, if, if I think black people will call people, some other people like Uncle Tom's or whatever, mm-hmm. in, in like Hispanic cultures, I was actually just talking to my mom about this, about like when people, some when someone is kind of like considered a sellout, they'll call them like a Malinche, which is like. Yeah, we touched on that. Yeah. On the, um, oh, shit. Uh I don't know, but but <laughs> I assume we have talked about it because it's it's a thing. It's and especially in Hispanic culture, like mm-hmm. if you get called that, that's like like Yorona on that episode, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a slap in the face to be called that, mm-hmm. just because you don't ever want to turn your back on your on your people. people. But at the same time, it's like this dude that was having that press conference, who I think is like the CEO of Goya. Of, of Goya, did exactly that. He called Trump a builder. He called he praised Trump and all these things, and it was like. Dude, this is the same dude that's building a wall, not for protecting its people like the way, because we still have the Canadian border that's like the largest unprotected border in the world. Mm-hmm. We refuse to protect that. You're telling me um, if a terrorist wanted to come into America, they would choose the harder border to get in through? <laughs> the one with then, the desert yeah, and shit, yeah. Then go through the easier one that you just drive through and just wave <laughs> like you're in. <laughs> oh, don't but, you know. Yeah, it's... It's a ridiculous thing. It's it's totally racist. We still have kids in cages. This is the same dude that called Hispanic people rapists and murderers and mm-hmm. some of them might be good people. But this is the same dude. And the fact that this dude's out there praising him is like, to me, it's a slap in the face. I don't give a fuck what like, people feel about that. To me, it, it, that introduced to me the whole cancel culture vibe, which is what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. But it became really passionate to me once, once 
you know, people were kind of conflicted on it. Some people were like, I'm throwing all this shit away, which I don't think you should throw it away. You've already purchased it. Yeah, just, you already did it. Just yeah. fucking either donate it or eat it yourself. It reminded me of like when um, conservatives started burning their Nikes because, you know, Nike had like that campaign with Colin Kaepernick about, yeah. you know, standing up for something and whatnot. And it's just like, well, you already bought Nikes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah. And then they're selling like the shitty Nikes anyway. They have like those like white. Oh, the the dad shoes, the, the monarch. Dad shoe, <laughs> the monarch, yeah. You buy them only at Big Five Sporting Goods. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I mean, if you already bought the food, there's people that are actually starving. You might want to donate that food if you don't want to eat it. But it, but I agree with a lot of people who have come out and said, I'm not going to buy their products anymore. I even talked to my mom. Well, my mom's like the like the nicest person. She's not really politically inclined, but she was like, I'm not buying that shit anymore. I'm not buying Goya anymore. Mm-hmm. I totally support that. Like, I, I totally support that you vote need, for your, Vote with your dollar. Exactly. I think you do need to vote with your dollar. And that is kind of one of the themes that I think will pop up many times throughout this episode today. Mm-hmm. So I just want to start there and start how passionate I am about about that one in particular. He was so passionate that he ate some El Yucateco hot sauce oh, off the table. Give me the fire. <laughs> I assume this is clean. No, it yeah, looks yeah. clean. Yeah, I, I disinfect the table. <laughs> I mean, you might have a little bit of fucking... You might up. want to disinfect it again. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I did go to Lowe's today. There, there is a disinfectant <laughs> behind you if you want to oh, grab okay. some. But um, no, yeah, today we're talking about council culture and... Um, one of the things too that I always like to start, you know, every show with is like kind of like what was your perception of, you know, this movement, you know, before you did the podcast and kind of your perception afterwards, you know, and we'll touch on the the afterwards, uh, you know, towards the end of the show. But for me personally, um, council culture, I thought it was something that I was like 100 percent for like per- previous to doing any research on this topic now i'm not saying that i've changed my mind completely yeah but like with anything like there's nuance there's context there's there's a myriad of different things that come into play when you're talking about council culture and then we're talking about a, a movement pretty much that started on twitter and i think twitter represents a large voice in, you know, the media. And I'm not one of those people who be like, fake news, the mainstream media. I'm not one of those type of people. But Twitter, you know, is very present, you know, in in the mainstream media as well as, you know, the independent media as well. But it only represents probably like 2% of the actual voices out there in the world. So you kind of got to give that kind of weight to whatever's happening on Twitter or Instagram, if you will, because it's real, but it's not real. Because... I, I do support, you know, like when council culture actually s- exposes um, real predators. I believe, you know, some of the first people to be considered a part of, you know, this movement is, you know, people like Harvey Weinstein, people like Bill Cosby, people like, you know, Roseanne Barr, you know, whereas they've done despicable things or said despicable things that is very problematic. You know, Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein sexual predators you know with multiple you know accusations like throughout the years or whatnot yes definitely we should cancel those type of people but then with it like with any movement that gains steam it kind of gets diluted by simple shit like one example and that i want to touch on that i just thought was just like the like biggest eye roll ever but like had like the biggest cancel culture hash hashtags to it was like taylor swift and Kanye West like where there's like some bickering or whatever about Kanye saying something very pretty pretty offensive about Taylor Swift about how he should let her fuck how he how she should let him fuck her or whatever because he made her more famous or whatever for jumping on the stage on the MTV movie yeah, that's awards from that one song he has yeah yeah and then that he, Taylor Swift was like hey you never got permission from me to say that 
And then Kim's like, you fucking liar. Uh, we have a recorded phone conversation with that. And then, like, all these people were trying to cancel Taylor Swift because she was, quote, unquote, lying about that incident. Yeah. But then I guess it came out later on that, you know. She that chopped was, up the, the audio recording. Correct. And that, you know, hey, Taylor Swift didn't say anything about that. It was kind of like a manipulated, you know, thing, you know. And to me, I'm like, that's just personal problems between two celebrities, uh, two millionaires or three millionaires, if you will. And it's just like. That's not cancel culture. That's just bickering online and slapping a cancel. I agree with you 100% there. I do think that, um, especially in the light of like everything that's going on, we just recently did an episode on Black Lives Matter. Correct. And I do think that we do have a problem in this country of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And I do think that we have a problem in this country that it's, it's just because it, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mexican person living in California and even though, like, I'm a heterosexual male, I'm probably not experiencing the big bolt of, of hate the way maybe a black transgender person would, would take bulk of hate. Correct. So when when people get say, oh, people are way too sensitive, like, I am also thinking about the transgender black mm-hmm. person or whatever, you know, who are probably taking the most hate than anyone else in this country is. Correct. So I just want to take that into account. Um, so whenever it's like homophobic or sexist or anything like that, I do take a large offense to that. I do agree with that Taylor Swift thing. It's just kind of, it's nothing. It dilutes the movement. Yeah. And I, I do think it's every every case is a complete individual case. You mm-hmm. can't treat them all the same. You can't say every single person that said the N-word or, you know, we talked blackface. about or done blackface. We talked about Kobe and I think Kobe's a really good case because Kobe was fine for calling someone like, a homophobic slayer during a game once. And I think Kobe's a really good example because although Kobe, yes, he did that, and there's recordings of him saying this, Kobe comes out and is at the forefront of saying, hey, man, I fucked up. That's not who I am. And not only that, but then doubles in and attends all these like kind of like pro-LGBTQ events and is very much on the forefront on this and saying, like, this is not the way I want to raise my kids by having like this audio of mm-hmm. me doing that. And I think that is exactly what you do. Like shout out to Kobe, rest in peace my brother. But um I think that is exactly what you do. You man up. You either man up or you shut the fuck up and mm-hmm. yes, you are canceled. Yeah. Because that's the reality of it. We had uh Justin Pearson on here from from um from Dead Crosses and the Locust and all these things and he said the N-word on on this podcast. And he's a white guy. He's a he's a white guy from San Diego. <laughs> yeah. But the way he said it, I would never hold it against it. Basically, he was telling us a story about like this racist experience of this dude that was like at a Pantera show. I don't remember what show he was at, but mm-hmm. he said it. And every case is completely different. It jars different. you a little bit at first. It, but it jars you, you, but at the same time. You look at the context of it. Exactly. You have to look at the context of what's going on. And I did write down some some cases. And I specifically chose some cases that of people that were getting canceled but not for good reasons i thought and just like that taylor swift one that you brought up um the first one is the i thought was the funniest one Uh because this is a good example because i know i know some things like uh it's always sunny in philadelphia they want to take some of the blackface episodes out of it but if you don't this is the thing that always bothers me about it and we'll get into it much deeper but one of the characters that was trying to get canceled a lot is this Musician Joji, who I actually really like his music, mm-hmm. and he also has a really famous YouTube channel called Filthy Frank. And already, you should know that his name is not Filthy Frank. He's playing a character. Correct. And he does like this raspy voice thing where he's like, ah, I'm Filthy Frank, and he like cooks up rats and tries to feed them to people and does all kinds of like very 
Filthy things. Filthy things. <laughs> and like, I really like him. I've always enjoyed that style of comedy, but it's clearly satire. It's clearly comedy. He does a joke where he, he's like scared of like meeting a disabled black man. So when he's going to shake his hand, he puts on a glove before he shakes it. If you okay, so at that point, if you confuse racism with with what he's doing with the satire part of it, nuance, yeah, like you're just not getting it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the point of like this guy's name isn't Frank. He's clearly playing a character. He clearly has this all set up of like he most people don't carry a club around to shake black people's <laughs> hand. Like it's clearly all a joke. And it's but like now, Borat. yeah, and now there's like this whole thing of like cancel cancel filthy Frank and cancel Joji, like cancel Joji party or all this mm-hmm. stuff. Is like what's trending, and it seems to be coming from like this K-pop movement, which I don't, I don't know if you saw that, but like I guess like the K-poppers, which is like a makes me feel old as fuck, because <laughs> it's like I don't really know any besides BTS, B- BTS or whatever. Like I, that's the only one I know. Uh-huh. I'm sure that's like their Metallica. That we're like the old people that are like, <laughs> what do you listen to? It calls every rock song Metallica. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I don't know that much about it. But it's just I do think that you have to understand that although yes, it is racist. But he's doing it as as an act. This is all an to act. To bring light to it. It's kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen, who exactly. plays Borat. Um, or like Eric Andre. <laughs> or like, uh, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, you know, in Borat. And I recently watched that movie again. Again, oh, one of my favorite comedies of all time because it, it, exp- it exposes it in, in a way of, you know, putting light to the, look how ridiculous you look when you're look when you're being homophobic when you're being sexist when you being when you're being racist he has a song on there where he goes to like a redneck bar like in phoenix arizona i believe oh there's a country in my problem yeah and the it, problem is the jew yeah <laughs> and like he goes throw the jew down the well and yeah. if you look this is where <laughs> context comes into to play here where it's just like if you just take it at face value where you see a guy having all these like rednecks and possibly racist or whatever. It's a very conservative area where, you know, they're talking shit, you know, about Jewish people. You, immediately, I feel like the younger generation that are a part of this council culture who don't know about Sasha Baron Cohen at all. He, spoiler, he is a Jewish man. Um, he's, he's exposing like how easily people can be corrupted or, you know, bring out their inner, you know, racist, mm-hmm. you know, how easily that is to bring out of people. That's the whole point of Borat is to show you know, how easily it is to bring it out of people. You know, he, you know, talks about, he's, he had like a senator, I believe, like recently, you know, talk about black people or say something very homophobic or somebody that was voted into office mm-hmm. super recently. And do we cancel Sasha Baron Cohen or Borat or do we cancel that politician that was... And, and I do want to say one thing about this because I, I heard this from one guy in particular the guy that runs the Barstool Sports, which I enjoyed part of my take a lot. And I enjoy his, like, one by everybody knows the rules, like, thing that he does. But he's had some of the shittiest takes I've, I've heard from anyone. And, like, mm-hmm. it, it it sucks because I actually really enjoy Barstool Sports. But he comes out and he says, you know, clearly what I was saying was a joke. And, you know, if this would have happened when, like, the office was out, they would have tried to cancel it because Michael Scott was, was racist and sexist. That I don't agree with. Michael Scott is a character. Nobody thinks that that's how he that's really that. acts. This is the character that he's been building up for seasons and seasons. When you're on a podcast, and he was on a podcast when he said that Colin Kaepernick was like a Muslim terrorist for not for not standing for the flag, that to me is not a Michael Scott joke because you're on a podcast and you're just talking and you're – most of the thing 
we've, we've talked about this. And I always tell Jacob, like, oh, I just want the personalities to like show on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If they're funny, they're funny. If they're deep, they're deep, then whatever. I don't give a fuck. I just want our personalities to show on them. Yeah, the real and, shit. And that's the thing that makes most podcasts interesting. And that's what people like dig things like Barstool Sports because they're kind of like themselves. You're hanging out with the boys kind of thing. Correct. And if if you're hanging out with the boys and one of your boys says some fucking racist thing about Colin Kaepernick's or a Muslim terrorist, yeah. all of a sudden you got to kind of put one of your boys in check and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And I think Big Cat kind of does that during that recording. Uh, but at the same time, it's like he still does it. He's still the owner. And he's still very much in charge of this big empire, which is his Barstool Sports podcast yeah Yeah. and it's like i can see why people were trying to cancel him and i think every single one of his responses has been weak as fuck Mm -hmm. and then and kind of lost a little respect for him i still watch his like one one bite everybody knows the rules because they're make me miss pizza (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time like i can see why people want to cancel this is completely different than fucking joji cooking up (laughs) dead rats and trying to eat them or something this is a different animal altogether context and nuance right there and exactly and I started this podcast by talking about, like, I thought it was 100% for cancel culture because, I mean, you got to realize, like, whenever you affiliate, I get shit for being a, a libertard or whatever, you know, the algorithms are always going to gear things towards your liking or whatever, right? And I got to admit that, like, yeah, most of the stuff I'm probably seeing on social media is going to be, like, you know, that bleeding heart, you know, liberal stuff, whereas, you know, I'm not seeing, you know, a lot of other shit, you know. And so to me, you know, like all the shit that I'm seeing is, you know, always um, casting conservatives like in a bad light, if you will, if not. Um, But my whole point with saying that is just that, hey, like you got to understand, you know, everybody, you know, whether you're on the right, the left, or if you claim to be in the middle, if you will, like a lot of this is just going to go by algorithms. So everything's going to be tailored to what Mm -hmm. you see. So a good example is, is um, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, ever since Trump been, been elected into office, he's kind of taken the stance of like, hey, fuck this guy. Yeah. You know, like with the whole, um, you know, Obamacare thing, like he was talking about like, hey, like my child, you know, when he, when they were born, thank God, like I have some really good health insurance. I believe like Jimmy Kimmel's um, son. He has a heart defect. Yeah. And he was able to take care of it because he can afford, you know, good health insurance. But he goes, if I was not a person of privilege, you know, hey, I wouldn't have access to that, you know, but here you are trying to take away. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is just like he's he's become a, a big ally for not only, you know, you know, health insurance, but like other other things that, you know, Trump stands for that, you know, it's very detrimental to, you know, U.S. citizens, you know. And he had a sketch on The Man Show where he played Carl Malone. And to play Carl Malone, who is a six foot eight black man or six foot ten black man. He had to put on, you know, pretty much blackface. You know, it wasn't straight up like menstrual yeah. pain or whatever. But, you know, he had to darken his skin, which in today's times, that is super frowned upon and should be, you know, permanently be super frowned upon. I believe Justin Trudeau also, well, he was <laughs> he did go- that brown face, yeah. brown face playing like an Arabian Nights yeah. actor or whatever in high school. Um and yeah, that should be we should we should never forget about that. That hey, Jimmy Fallon did blackface, uh, or no, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel did blackface. Jimmy Fallon also did blackface with his impression of Chris Rock on Saturday Night Live. Sarah Silverman also did blackface. You know, back whatever but sketch show I, she again, had. Again, like I, I would want to see them because at the same time, it's always sunny in Philadelphia did blackface. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it's always sunny in Philadelphia is that these characters that they're playing are supposed to be like the most despicable people that Philadelphia mm-hmm. has to offer. But I wouldn't say Carl Malone was a despicable no, 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 person. No, no, I'm saying, but these characters that they're playing 
are supposed like the characters, the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are supposed to be like the most like despicable people in Philadelphia. That's what they're doing. It. They have a a character that's over the top Irish. That's always like this drunk woman. Mm-hmm. They have like a character that's like this Puerto Rican like sassy woman that she does kind of like brown face for. Her. And they do a blackface thing as well when they do their lethal weapon thing that they do. Oh yeah, yeah, it, I've seen that. It's it's meant to be like if it's meant to be offensive. It's not meant to be like you're laughing because of the blackface. You're laughing because these guys are fucking idiots and they shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And and the like whole, Michael Scott. Yeah, it's the Michael Scott thing. This is the character that they've been playing and they've been building up for this for seasons to introduce that whole thing. And like two of the characters I think are Irish. So when they do their over the top Irish character is like and they're drunken and they own the Patty's restaurant or the Patty's bar or whatever. But what I'm trying to get at is that this is a different style of comedy. I didn't see the Carl Malone thing, but at oh, the same really? time, I, I, yeah, I never saw that. But then the man show itself is supposed to be this over the top, you know, like toxic masculinity show that probably wouldn't fly today. No, it wouldn't. But at the same time, it's like that was kind of the gag itself that this is like over the top thing and they would have like girls bouncing on trampolines, trampolines. and that the the joke was that this is so over the top mm-hmm. that i mean i don't remember i didn't really watch the man show i watch it sometimes but not really not on by choice yeah um and my whole point with bringing that up though is is that okay do you cancel jimmy kimmel now because he's totally like 180 on that and i mean that's not his character you know his real life you know persona or whatever was that a bad thing that he did yes just like jimmy fallon i get them both mixed up i'm yeah. sorry but jimmy fallon also did jimmy you know, kimmel's Chris, the funny one jimmy fallon's the guy that laughs at his own jokes yeah and <laughs> he did blackface as well like because he does a, all right chris rock and i guess like on saturday night live like he actually did chris rock but like all super in blackface or do we cancel that time in their life where they've made amends with it where it's like hey yo look i acknowledge that i fucked up I don't advocate doing that. I probably wouldn't do it again. And like fucking just cancel him today or do we cancel him? That's like where I have a problem with cancel culture where it's just like people dig up old shit about people that doesn't necessarily reflect how they feel now and it cancels or attempts to cancel them or do you do you look at the person who they are today and then make a judgment call? Well, I think that you have to, I mean, the blackface thing, I don't think that they were doing it like, were we supposed to be laughing at the fact that they were in blackface? I, I, that's the thing about it. To me, it's like, mm-hmm. how are you doing the jokes? Because I think that if It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia came out with a new season and they were like, here's this episode where we do blackface, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have an issue with it because I understand that these characters are supposed to be the like, worst people Philadelphia has to offer. Correct. Or if Joji did it, came out and put a glove on to shake a black person's <laughs> hand. I get it. This is Filthy Frank. Like The guy's yeah. name is Filthy Frank. Um, I... I don't have an issue with these things because I understand the joke. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't have any, I, I guess I need to see the, the, the Carl skit. Malone. Yeah. I need to see what the joke was to still like, say, say like whether this is good or bad. I would say this like as well in 2020, that shit would not fly. The Carl Malone thing like would not fly. Maybe, oh, yeah. you know, if he did, you know what I mean? Cause he kind of makes Carl Malone sound like an idiot or whatever, but I mean, not all the way. He doesn't lean into it, but kind of like, Calm alone. Uh, what's up with white people getting abducted by aliens and having the aliens play with the butthole? If Calm Malone got abducted by an alien and they try to do something to Calm Malone's butthole, it would not be a good day for anybody. Like Calm yeah. Malone, like would would fuck up that alien basically. And like it's just like him bouncing a basketball like with a a Utah Jazz jersey on and he's pretty much in in blackface. That wouldn't fly in twenty twenty. 
um, the man show and like a lot of these shows came out in a time. And this is like where I think nuance and context comes into play where it's just like when the man show was out, like that's when like Jerry Springer was like at his height. That's when like fucking WWE was WWF and like everything was like on the table. Like everything was like super over the top. Like that was just like entertainment at the time where like everything was like over the top. So Jimmy Kimmel doing Carl Malone was like fucking braided TVG at that time. Like it was not well, that controversial. Let me ask you just personally, like who gives a fuck what everyone else thinks, but do you think that they should cancel Jimmy Kimmel for what? Did you see the sketch? I haven't seen that sketch. That's why I asked. I, yeah. Like live, like back in the day I saw it. And then like, I went back and watched it when you watch it. And mind you, I was like fucking like 12 years old watching this. Right. Like uh-huh. when I watched it live, I was like, Oh, okay. There's, I don't see, I didn't, it didn't register that, that, you know, there was something wrong with it at the time. Again, like Jerry Springer was on TV. Howard Stern was having girls sit on vibrators live on the radio and on the E network or whatever. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I did. I tried to look up what was the African American response at the time. And I didn't really see anything negative at that time in that time period. And it, it wasn't a big deal. Then when you go back and look at it with 2020, the year 2020 eyes, it looks really bad. Well, and I think then you see like Jimmy Kimmel talk about it. He's just like, yeah, I regret doing that. Same with like Sarah Silverman as well as Jimmy Fallon and whatnot. And I think that's the way you got to look at it where it's just like, hey, like we've all, and I can talk for myself, I can talk about every single friend that I have that we've all said homophobic stuff like, oh, that shit's gay or all oh, that. Don't be a F word of fact. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We've all done stuff like that. And are you prepared to be counseled for that? Or are you looking at it like, whoa, like, hey, like that doesn't represent how I feel. And today or even back then, like I was not trying to be homophobic or, you know, even attempt to be racist, you know, at all. You got to look at who the person, like you said, individually is. And when I look at Jimmy Kimmel today, like I see him as like, hey, like I don't think Jimmy Kimmel is racist at all, you know. And when you talk to Carl Malone about it, he would he didn't have a problem with it at all as yeah, well yeah. as the African American community at that time. When we look at it today, it's just like we look at it regrettably. Now the thing that I have a problem with is people like John Wayne, who was seen as quote unquote like the greatest American, and he's like in Playboy magazine in nineteen sixty eight during the civil rights movement, you know, when when change is occurring and he's saying basically in so many words that, Hey, black people are inferior and they should never be in power. And people give him, try to give him a pass saying, Oh, he, you know, he, that in his day, like that's just how people thought. Well, no, he is in a current climate during the civil rights movement where it's just like, Hey, yo, that shit doesn't fly anymore. Like you need to fucking not think like that. And, like, that's what I have a problem with. John, in my opinion, like, John Wayne's canceled. I don't even like Westerns or everything, so I have no problem, like, canceling John Wayne. But I think, like, someone like Jimmy Kimmel, like, I'm not canceling Jimmy Kimmel. I think as long as you recognize what you did is, like, yeah, I that was racist but as shit. to me, the thing is, he, John Wayne comes out and he says something like that. And John Wayne is speaking as himself. He's not mm-hmm. trying to do, like, an act. He's not yeah, trying yeah. to do anything out. That's who he is. These are his actual thoughts and his opinions that's almost completely different than than Jimmy Kimball's thing or whatever. I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm willing to give him a pass just because I understand that some things, especially when you're doing an act, Correct. an actual act, not like when, and, and the thing about it is like, I don't want to give all comedians a pass 
because one of the ones that kind of bugs the shit out of me was the Joey Diaz and mm-hmm. and Joe Rogan one. That that is not an act. That is that is how they talk. That is the thing about it, where he, basically Joey Diaz is like talking about like making girls suck his dick to get on on the on, mic on the comedy store. Yeah, the comedy store. And he goes on about this for a while, and then Joe Rogan's like laughing and all this stuff, and like all this like cancel culture stuff started popping up. And then this video of Joe Rogan coming out and saying like, "I don't understand why, like, what does it mean? Like, Black Lives Matter. It's like, what do you want now? Like, the cops have been arrested and all these things. And, like, to me, it's like Joe Rogan is an intelligent enough person to know what the fuck. If you have to ask those questions, then you're just not listening, or you just don't agree with the Black Lives Matters movement. Mm-hmm. And to me, like those two things, and that's fucking like a couple of months ago. So don't give me the "I've changed since then" kind of bullshit. And and the thing about it is that they're these guys are also like I don't know how old Joe Rogan is, but he's old enough to know fifty two. And it's like I don't know at what point like rape was cool or like rape was acceptable or like there was no skit going on where they were like talking about rape. And to me, like that's why I'm like I, I can't fuck with Joey Diaz. I can't fuck with Joe Rogan. Like and mm-hmm. Joe, I've always had all these issues with Joe Rogan where I think Joe Rogan has his like point of views and he like low key sneaks him in like. He always has this whole, like, Joe Biden is stupid. Like, why would anyone vote for him? He can't even talk. But he never really says much about Trump. But he's just like, I'd rather vote for Trump. Than Actually, it. no, he he does talk shit about Trump. I was listening to him doing artwork for, like, eight hours yesterday. Uh-huh. So, like, I got through two episodes <laughs> uh-huh. of Joe Rogan. He, he does talk a lot of shit about that. I think it just depends on who the guest is. Like, he'll conveniently not bring stuff up. Uh-huh. Like, if his guest is super conservative and if his guest is super liberal. Well, like let, me, let me bring up another thing. Like, and that's one of those things that, to me, it's like, one, this dude's, like, basically laughing. Uh, and like and it's yeah. the thing about it, it's like he has a huge influence he's probably one of the biggest podcasts out there mm-hmm. you know it's it's probably only like two other podcasts that are in his world that are that big because he has that large of an influence correct in the podcasting world and to be like laughing at a joke like that and to be like bringing up things like i don't understand this whole black lives matters movement you already got what you want the cops have been arrested like this is not at all what i it, think that because i know what you're talking about on that end with the black lives matter thing but like the joey diaz thing that's like something like i've been Mind you, it's it's really hard to listen to a whole episode of Joe Rogan. They're always like three hours, two hours or whatever. And going back to nuance and context where they do, I mean, he's basically a stand-up comedian and a lot of people that go on there are stand-up comedians. Yeah. And they like, you know, um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, they, they will do boundary pushing things well, like the, Ari Shafir. Let me, let me was, just before you continue. Cause I kind of know where you're going. There's this Joe Mandy joke where like Joe Mandy talks about how before he was going to do stand up one time, this, this person had to pull him aside and be like, Hey, just so you know, the comedian before you, he had a joke where, uh, he basically kills his son because he catches his son with this other man. So the, the crowd kind of found that a little bit offensive. So just, you know, watch your step. And he's like, Oh, okay. So just so you know, I tell jokes, not my fucking like hate crime <laughs> fantasies. And that's the thing about it. Yeah. That's not a fucking joke. That at no point is funny. And like that no point is acceptable. In my eyes, that is not acceptable. As a dude that was like raised by two older sisters, I don't find rape of like I, I don't find it funny. At any time in my life as I as I found it funny. And I'm with you on that. And fuck Joey Diaz and like fuck Joe Rogan for laughing at that. And that, that's how I feel about that. So to me, it's like completely different than than doing the blackface in a character setting. It's completely different mm-hmm. to me. And I don't have any excuse for that. I, um, and then also, friend of the show, um, we had Georgia Brooks on here recently. 
she talked oh, about yeah. she had posted all these postings about how like this is the reason why like young female comedians and like young comedians in general don't go to the comedy store because there's like this like hierarchy of like sexual favors of like I don't fuck with the comedy store. I kind of want out of comedy. A lot of comedians come in here and there's all this bullshit at the comedy store, which I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. I wish we had brought her on for this episode. But the fact that she went on like this Twitter like rampage after the whole Joey Diaz thing and said like, yeah, that's a really common thing at the comedy mm-hmm. store. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking bullshit. At this point, I'm like, pfft. And there's like a man, I know like too, like there was like a management change. I'm not trying to talk on behalf of like the comedy store, but I listen to a lot yeah. of comedians who, um, their podcast that, you know, our comedy store regulars or whatever. And I think during that time, like there was a whole period where Joe Rogan wasn't at the comedy store. Now I haven't listened to enough Joe Rogan episodes to know what that issue was, but I know like when I think his name's Adam, when he became, you know, the new manager of the comedy store, like a lot of people came back, comedians came back, including Rogan who was at, I want to say, the Improv Hollywood for this. Now, I'm not yeah. trying to say, like, oh, it was because, you know, there's all this sexual stuff going on. But to touch back on the Joey Diaz thing, like, I'm, like, I go back and forth on that because, like, I'm with you on that. Like, rape's not funny. You know, when people like Georgia Brooks was putting stuff out there, I saw that stuff. I was like, oh, wow. And she she actually called out Russell Peters, who is a comedian at the comedy store, who put his hand up her sure, shirt or yeah. something like that. And it was like, oh, okay, fuck Russell Peters. And, you know, and then you look at people like Joey Diaz who and then you look at a lot of the female comedians that kind of said their piece about Joey Diaz after that whole thing they're like you guys got to realize too there was two there's been two different Joey Diaz's one who like that character like that filthy Nate or whatever you said his name was he's that's very much well, his act is okay but all right hold on, so let me finish though so like this is this clip was from 10 years ago and then again I'm not trying to defend him I'm just trying to put out there like all the stuff that both female comedians and other people that know yeah. Joey Diaz has put out there. You got to realize that there's a Joey Diaz that was before, you know, th- before this whole thing in 10 years ago or whatever, who was a convicted felon, you know, who was a drug smuggler who put people in, um, what did he like? One of his famous bits was uh, he beat somebody up and put him in the trunk of a car and left him in there overnight. Like this, like that's very much like his act. Like it's like somebody from the movie yeah, Goodfellas, yeah. right? And you know, Tom Segura and his wife, like they were talking in his podcast. They're like, you got to realize too, a lot of like, what Joey Diaz says is like a lot of fluff. Like he makes up a lot of shit. Like a lot of his stories are bullshit, and it's just meant to be extreme. To be extreme, he goes a lot of that shit that he talks about never happens. He's just trying to invoke. But see, the, the, to me, it's not even the never happens part of it. The, mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of those podcasts, especially at the Joe Rogan one, it's not meant to be an act. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be like, here, you're sitting down with Joe Rogan, you're talking. And, and that to but make Joey Diaz though, like not to say that, like I get what you're saying with that. Like when Elon Musk goes on Joe Rogan, like that's what it is. When Joey, when Joey Diaz goes on Joe yeah. Rogan, it's Joey Diaz being that that character, that Uncle Joey or whatever. And then sometimes he'll go into like deep conversation with like, oh, okay, yeah, after I had my daughter, like a lot of things so changed. So you're saying in my that life. the whole thing is an act? I would say like with Joey Diaz, like a lot of shit that he says, like when he's, like you can tell like when he's being like a genuine person, like you know, like, okay, and again, like I'm not defending so Joey I, Diaz at all. Yeah, this sounds like you're defending Joey Hold Diaz. On, because you're interrupting me when I'm trying oh, to make okay, a point. Okay, go for it. 
But what I'm saying is a lot of the thing is like Joey Diaz will put on a character for like 40% of his own podcast, right? And then the other part of it will be like him be like, hey, you need to learn from my mistakes, man. I used to break into people's cars and steal yeah, their yeah. stereos and do all sorts of fucking shit. And he goes, I like to tell a lot of people this, like, don't follow my lead on doing that. So it's like a lot of like, a lot of like that fatherly advice kind of thing where I was going with like the Tom Segura and I forget his wife's name where it's just like, yeah, there's Joey Diaz before his daughter was born, who was like a fucking scumbag that like a lot of people didn't fuck with. And then a Joey Diaz like afterwards where a lot of people like tried to like get him like to this day, try to get him on the right road. So it's like one of those things like did that happen where like he would like make girls if in order for girl comedians to get up on stage, did he make them suck at their dicks? I don't know if that happened or not, but he does. He, he is in that character saying that. And so it's like one of those things where it's just like, I got to look at like a lot of the people like around him, like what they're saying about it. Like one of the famous female comedians is Kate Quigley. She was just like, yeah, that like never happened with Joey Diaz. Like he might think that's what happened in his mind or whatever, but anybody that like went to bed with Joey Diaz during that time, like was more or less, they did it on their own regards and they weren't even comedians. And that's a female comedian giving her perspective on that time frame as well as like some of the other male comedians was like, well, he didn't even have that power at the comedy store to be able to do that. So it's just like a lot of, a lot of that. So it's just like, if that really did happen, then fuck Joey Diaz. I like, that would be cool to have like girls come out with their experiences or whatever. And that's the part of like, ties into the whole cancel culture thing where it's just like, it's like the Bill Cosby thing, like most, like 50 women came out and it's just like, whoa, like no matter how I felt about Bill Cosby in the eighties, where it's just like, yo, I'm, I'm a kid that grew up without a father. Like Bill Cosby was like, like uncle Phil, where it's just like, oh shit. Like I look at him as a father figure. That's heartbreaking to see that like this wholesome character is like a scumbag. You know, it's just like we talked about a couple weeks wait, ago. Wait, hold on. I, I don't want to get too far away from the, the Joey Diaz thing. Mm-hmm. Cause you're making, it's two different arguments. It's like, did this happen? It didn't it happen? Like it almost doesn't seem that argument. The the thing that did happen was he'd said this joke. Yeah, and the joke to me is never okay. So, so to me, it's like this joke is making this acceptable in the society, and and that's the part that I I can't fuck with that. Like and I I don't fuck with the fact that he's making this a normalized okay. thing, and I'm not fucking with Joe Rogan laughing at it. Like if that joke was acceptable, it's the same thing though as like the whole um the way I look at it, like the character of the Joey Diaz, he's, he is a filth. He like his gimmick, if you will, is to be this filthy man. Whereas like, he has to be as filthy as possible. Say filthy shit like that. Like that's his gimmick. Maybe he should spread it out a little bit. So that's not his own. That's, that's how he makes his bread and butter. But you know, that's just him. That's how he, he should work on his jokes. I'll say this. Yeah. One of the things that I think is really shitty is like, especially like, Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz, like, they talk about doing jokes, like, if it's, like, fucking doing jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Like, timing and comedy and things like that, like, some of these are just natural gifts to some people. I feel like these guys think of it as, like, I gotta work harder, I gotta lift more weights at jokes or something yeah. like that, and they just haven't gotten there. Like, we, I saw that we were both at that Joe Rogan stand-up thing, and it was just, like, a bunch of dud jokes. Like, it was, like, dud, dud, dud. He had, like, one all right. It was, like... But, like, Tony Hinchcliffe comes on before him and, like, fucking kills it. That dude is, like, a natural comedian. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, even though, you, you yes, you have to work at it. Which Tony Di- or Tony Hinchcliffe was a big Joey Diaz supporter when this all came out. So yeah. that's where it's just, like, oh, shit. Like, but I'm just talking about, like, comedy in general. Like, mm-hmm. 
this comes out like you see someone who like naturally has nice timing, nice everything, like nice execution on things like that. This is coming out and doing like rape jokes, and it's like, and the fact that they have such large influence, and they've always kind of had like this like broish mentality and on their podcast, which actually I really enjoyed the Joey Diaz podcast for a while. I, I thought it was like a really like mm-hmm. relaxing podcast. We've talked about it on a couple of episodes ago, like a couple of months ago when the whole quarantine was starting. But I do think that you get to a point where it's like at that point it's not like he's like in his 20s i had one of the one of the people on here that i wrote down was rich brian rich brian when he's 20 years old today or like mm-hmm. this year right and this whole like cancel rich brian thing was coming out because he had this thing where he said like um he says one of his tweets was effing n-word and then um which was responding to like one of his friends or something like that but he tweeted that when he was 12 years old he said n-word or just actual uh, n-word? no no he said like the actual n-word oh okay so um but he tweeted that when he was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And I do think, although, yeah, that's fucking stupid. You shouldn't be saying that. When you're 12 years old, I'm going to go ahead and just give him a pass on this. Joey Diaz, how old was he when he did that? Like fucking 50 years old? Well, if he's fucking 58 now, he'd be like 48 then or whatever. Okay, so 48. Like if you haven't learned like that rape jokes aren't funny by 48, mm-hmm. even if you're playing this like filthy character, like at least change your name. At least do something where you're like, all right, now I'm like this other character. And it's like... <laughs> But he's constantly Joey Diaz. But like, do you think that's like a weird thing though? Like where it's just like, well, I was playing a character. Some people could like go into that and just be like, oh, I was just, pay- you got to understand guys. I was just playing a character. I'm not really a rapey guy. I do think if you have to tell a joke and and say at one point, you got to understand, then mm-hmm. it wasn't a good joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm back and forth with it be- just because, you know, a lot of people, because I'm, I'm more or less like I grew up with like Chris Rock and like that, those are like yeah. my comedians. Like, I, I do, Does Chris Rock have any cancel things on him? Oh yeah, there's a lot. Oh, Every, really? Which, think of, think this, of anybody like... Because I, I, I... Do you have any on Chris Rock? Oh shit, I didn't write Because he's down. one that I would be really interested because I love Chris Rock. So, but I think like Cat Williams has one of my favorite quotes also about comedy where he talks about like as a comedian he goes to... He's also been canceled. He's all... <laughs> Really? It's why is that? Uh, the stuff he said about, like, he said some stuff about um, people in his community, black people in his community, and whatnot. And then, like, he said a lot of stuff about um, gay people, um, a lot of homophobic stuff about gay people. Yeah, I mean, and that's a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, like real homophobic stuff. Like, it's not like, oh, oh no, no, that I, color of the car is, looks gay. Like, nothing no, no, like no. That. I, I, and I do think that there's a difference between just going like hanging out with your friends and going like, oh, dude, you're being gay, like that. It's like, yes, you need to have more vocabulary and just learn more at this point because you sound like a fucking idiot by using gay as a negative slur. Which we both have done. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. even as much as recently. And it's just like like one thing that I want to put out there too is just like, man, like the court of public opinion is a motherfucker because it's like we have a podcast and like I've listened back to like old episodes like someone will comment on it, and like someone said that we were slut shaming somebody at one point. It was like a drunken alien abductions episode like we were talking about like some lady had sex with an alien and like one of us said i don't know if it was me or you said man what a slut and then they were like i'm turning off this podcast because you're slut shaming and i was just like it's like one of those things was like well neither one of us are like sexist you know one of the things that is important to note that like i was saying like Mm -hmm. there is a difference between that and like yes this person is an idiot and needs to learn more words and i would say we would put ourselves in that category as well but then there's a difference in like I kind of had an issue with the last Dave Chappelle stand-up where he basically talks about transgender people, uh, and he's not even one of the people I had on here. I just remember that he had right, this yeah. joke where like he's 
transgender people are fucking it up for like the rest of the LGBT community. And it's like, man, that is just a bad joke, man. This this joke came out like last year, man. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was a long time ago. Just super homophobic, super like not in good timing. And it's like, you know, I know he gets it because he had that like stand up recently where he talks about George Floyd and but the struggle of like of the black man and the the gay man or whatever the transgender man mm-hmm. or woman it's very similar it's very similar in the same same sense that the same people that were hanging black people are the same people that are like hanging transgender people today mm-hmm. and the fact that he chose to do that joke was just in bad taste and i like dave Chappelle a lot like, i respect yeah. the shit out of dave Chappelle as a person that was in high school when the Chappelle show was coming out. That was a oh. shit. Like if you didn't watch the Chappelle show, you were missing out. Yeah. But I, I do think that, you know, that's a bad joke, bad take. And that, that happens. Bad jokes and bad takes happen. And whether Joey Diaz just, but even that, like, I just don't think that his joke, like the Dave Chappelle joke, I do think it was a bad take as opposed to Joey Diaz is being like, that is a terrible joke. This is not now, funny. Do I think Joey Diaz is a hundred percent good person? No, I think like even before all this like happened or whatever, I was like, man, in my mind, I was always, I was always thinking like with Joey Diaz, like I was like, man, it's only a matter of time before Twitter gets a hold of this or council tries to cancel him. I'm surprised yeah. they went back 10 years to find this because it's like, you can listen to Joey Diaz's podcast or watch him on anybody's podcast. He's, he's on everybody's podcast, you know? Uh, like I said, Kate Quigley, who's a female yeah. comedian, uh, she has like the similar, a very similar gimmick, but like the female version of it. And it's just like, you could just go to Tuesday <laughs> and find that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you'll see you'll see and hear him talk about like, man, I just, I just want to live for my daughter and my wife, and I'm so grateful and that so it happened. That's know? the Joey Diaz that I was introduced to. Mm-hmm. Like that guy who's like, you got to fucking live your life, man. You got to go out there. When I was locked up, man, I was... And mm-hmm. That's a lot of what I heard, right? Yeah. And, like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, he seems to be, like, a dude that, like, fucked up a lot. But then he's talking about this, like, yeah, back in the 70s, man, we used to do coke in the back. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, it sounds like this dude fucked up a lot in the 70s. But then this dude fucked up a lot in the 2000s by saying that joke. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't that long ago. These no, are I adults. Agree, yeah. The part that bothers me a lot is, like, come on, man. Like, you're an adult. Like... You're clearly on a podcast. Like this is not a this is not a joke to to a lot of people. Like, and it, it's it's just troublesome to me that these aren't even like like something on Twitter. I actually went on my own Twitter to like look up anything terrible that I had seen just to put myself on blast. Yeah, I think the worst thing I saw on there, and it bringing it back to slut shaming, and that's another thing that's like I think I've grown as a person in that regard. But when you're in your young twenties, you do a lot of that like girls just don't like me like fuck you if you don't like me kind of thing you know and that's a real thing that's like a, such a bitch move now like looking back at it i'm like that's kind of a bitch move yeah i did have one tweet that was like <laughs> i'm glad so, you're sorry i'm glad you're saying this because i think one of the things i wanted to get out there too not to interrupt you is just that when you ca- try to like when these people try to cancel somebody and candace owens and milo yiannopoulos or whatever they're perfect examples of it whenever you try to cancel somebody or you you get on that pulpit realize like when you point a finger three more are pointing right back at you. Oh, so yeah. you better be prepared for that. Oh smoke. no. Yeah. yeah. Right away. I, I said this joke about, pre- I don't remember the joke exactly. Actually, it wasn't a very good joke at all. I wouldn't even call it a joke now, mm-hmm. but it was something about like Paris Hilton having like AIDS or something. It was basically like slut shaming Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. which is not the worst thing in the world. It's not like 
the worst joke out there but it still was like what the mm-hmm. fuck was the point of that like why did i tweet this yeah obviously i was like 21 years old when i was tweeting this but at the same time it's like it was meant to be offensive it was meant to be dumb and it's like yeah i think everybody has same thing with like that that rich bryant guy tweeting the n-word at that age it's like everyone has these moments of like of lapse mm-hmm. and you can't just cancel everyone that's like kobe bryant because kobe bryant evolves into like this gentleman that becomes an ambassador for LGBTQ, LGBTQ rights mm-hmm. as an adult, right? He goes from being number eight to number 24, and I always think that that's a big difference being from, like, rapist Kobe that I hated to, like, I really dig this dude that's, like, on the forefront of a lot of causes when he's 20, when the number 24, and he, you know, I think he won more championships at eight when he was wearing number eight, two, three. He won three there, and he won two over there. But really, he just becomes a much better basketball player and a much better human being when he's wearing 24. I think he should be remembered as 24 more than eight. But I uh, I think that we need to let people evolve and grow like Kobe Bryant did. I agree. Did. And it's the same thing, like, to make another, like, sports analogy, Michael Vick. A lot exactly, of people. Yeah. And this is, like, too, like, another thing, like, I'll point out. Like, cancel culture gets attributed in the mainstream media as being a very, like, liberal left thing where it's just, like, I mentioned Candace Owens earlier, who got her start canceling bullies and exposing bullies and doxing bullies you know like in the whole fucking gamer community right which is a whole new thing other thing we talk about but michael vick anytime his name comes up like you put let's just say just put the word michael vick or whatever a lot of conservative like karens if you will Mm -hmm. would be like fuck that guy like uh like he fucking killed dogs man he should they should hang him by his penis but like all these like despicable things about him and i'm a huge animal lover like yeah yeah. as soon as i moved in this house like i filled up my house with as many animals as i could right off the streets but at the same time you were talking about kobe like learning and growing and whatnot same thing with Michael Vick. Like you watch his thirty for thirty, like wow, like that is a complete. If there is a I've model, never for, seen that. If you gotta watch it, it's so good. It's long as fuck, but it's so good. But you see him become like an animal rights activist. Like you see him like go into the community and say like, hey, like what we view, and it goes through the whole backstory about like dog fighting, you know, in the African American community. Like, hey, we as a people need to evolve from you know doing things like this and like just becoming like this like beautiful person uh, that today like in 2020 that is like very admirable and if he never went through that adversary would he become this beautiful person like because sometimes you need like those hiccups in your life to become you know that better person that growth if you will you know you gotta it's just like the same with like working out like you gotta lift weights and tear that muscle down so that way you can build it back up and the same thing with like michael vick it's just like whoa like he became like this beautiful person whereas it's like now like hey he's a commentator like for the nfl and like he just can't escape that like past which is like rightfully so you know he went to jail yeah he served his time he got rehabilitated as a person like truly but like some people won't let that go and a lot of those people are on the right you know what i'm saying and like i think that's like a misfortunate thing that we also do where it's just like hey we gotta let people have the opportunity to grow and you know if a lot of these people call themselves christians it's a big thing in christianity called forgiveness we got to be able to forgive people and say like hey that's how they were like like a jimmy like a jimmy kimmel like hey yeah he did dress up as carmelo and do basically did blackface he has since asked for forgiveness for that sin and has become a, a big ally and i'm glad you say that and not to keep going back to the joey diaz but this is where he doubles down yeah and that's he, an unfortunate and he, thing and he him. does some stupid shit where he's like oh if you think that fucking thing was well then you should have seen when i fucked the one-legged whatever like yeah. like it's just like come on man like at this point like i have no like no respect for you I can't fuck with you at all. I can't fuck with Joe Rogan for like that whole thing. And 
And that's and that's the whole thing to me. It's like th- that's kind of where the thing evolves. Even though we have conflict, not conflicting, but we have not the same view on these guys. The, the difference is, I don't care if they're canceled or not. I just won't listen to them. Same thing with Goya. I don't care if Goya continues to sell their products. I just won't buy them. Mm-hmm. And that to me is where like cancel culture gets her wrong because it's it's it forces. An opi- like one an opinion upon yeah the and, and really everyone should be forming their own opinion we we're really good friends but yeah we have two different opinions on 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 Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan and I I'm not with that I don't think that that joke is funny I don't even I mean like even though like I'm out here defending Filthy Frank for all these things that dude's his name's not Filthy Frank that dude like wears the same shirt and puts on glasses mm-hmm. to, to be this like terrible human being. Joey Diaz doesn't do this, even though he's like calls himself on Joey. It's it's different, and I can't fuck with it, man. One like, thing though that I'll point out though, and I I've, I've never heard of Filthy Frank. I've never seen Filthy Frank, but like one thing though that keeps popping in my head is just like, yeah, I understand that. Like, there's a difference. Like, it's like Hulk Hogan. There's a difference between Hulk Hogan, the character, which is like this this ultimate good guy that like say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and whatnot. Like, there's Hulk Hogan, and then there's Terry Bollea, who's like using the N word, who's still doubles down like on a lot of that stuff yeah, yeah. where it's just like whoa terry Bollea is like a fucking horrible person but goddamn hulk hogan man like even like just seeing like the visuals like in my mind from like the 80s or whatever like hey like make sure you do all the right things or whatever like and we talked about it with um you know our buddy from uh, the rock and roll beer guy where it's just like yeah like there's a difference between like the character and then like the actual person like i get that but then it's like when it comes to like comedy I'm not saying that Filthy Frank is this way, but I'm just saying is like that opens like a lot of doors to be like, oh, like I can be my true self as long as I say I'm a character. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like, well, I'm just going to be fucking sexist. The thing about it is he actually has multiple characters. He has like the pink man where he basically dresses up in like this pink suit all the time. And Mm -hmm. he just like just does weird shit like in a pink morph suit. So he has Joji is not actually his real self, but Joji is like an actual like musician that does like this like frank sinatra what if frank sinatra did hip-hop kind of thing (laughs) and it's like it's cool as fuck the fact that this dude is like doing multiple things and like Mm -hmm. and like yes one of them is like the worst dude like literally cooking up dead animals and they're not real dead animals but he's like feeding them to his friends kind of thing like it's over the top like you know he talked the reason why he stopped doing filthy frank was not because he Got well, canceled. He, he got canceled. It was really because his doctor told him if you keep doing this voice, you're gonna lose your voice for mm-hmm. forever. And he's like, Yeah, I don't love this enough to like keep doing it. And that to me is like, Yeah, of course. If someone has to force their voice <laughs> to like talk like that, then yeah, that's mm-hmm. not really who they are. And um, and he's he's very smart and calculated in the things that he does, which is also another thing that's like I don't fuck everyone that's like trying to cancel him. And that's how I feel about all these cases. It's like they're so individual. I do think that especially the younger ones. One of the dudes that we didn't talk about was Shane Dawson. I do think that's a dude that that's needs when I wrote to get too. canceled. Yeah, that one. That guy creepy. was creepy as fuck, and he's consistently doing all these very pedophile-ish jokes. He calls little girls sexy. Yes, like, like, and that wasn't even that long ago. That was three. I was talking to my girlfriend about this. That was three years ago. Not even just saying like <laughs> they look sexy, but then like like super like oh I would hit that it, like kind of thing. He, like he's like, kind of disgusting. Yeah. And and if, to me that's and that one's even some... worse than the Joey Diaz one. That's like. I can't fuck with this guy. And not that we were fucking with him before. He's no, kind yeah, of been yeah, a yeah. joke to us for a while. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I can see why people want to cancel him. Yeah. And, and it, to me, like, that's like, those are the people that deserve to be canceled because I do think it's important that we, even if like, okay, like, again, I keep referencing Jimmy Kimmel um, or somebody like uh, Melissa Villasenor. 
She was oh, who I love. I've actually tried to get her on this podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome. She had some controversy too, like where she, like, she had a bunch of like racist stuff that was like on her Twitter or whatever. And then like when she got on Saturday Night Live, you know, they were putting her forefront like, hey, the first Mexican American, you know, uh, primetime player on Saturday Night Live. And then like, you know, all this stuff comes up like uh, that, you know, she said about, I believe it was like Asians and like she has some stuff about black people on there where it's just like, oh, that's important that you know this about this person because. And one thing, too, like, I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet, like, an hour into this podcast, like, what Obama said is just, like, you having this man, and I'll probably put this, like, as the... Oh, I don't know what he said. Oh, let me, I'll just play it for you, dude. Play it, because I, I, see, so a lot of this, I feel like cancel culture, again, I'm very much in defense of, like, don't, I I hate homophobic things, I don't think Mm -hmm. they're funny, I don't like sexist things, I don't think they're funny, racist things, I don't think they're funny, and if you're saying like, well, it's comedy, like all this stuff, like you just need to get better at comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, which <sighs> that's why I keep saying like, I'm back and forth with the whole Joey Diaz things where it's just like, you keep saying about Filthy Frank, it's a character. And as I look at Joey Diaz and I look at like a lot of the people that have spoken in favor of him, like they're like saying like, like Tom Segura, then Kate Quigley. A lot of these people were just like, yo guys, that never happened. That's a part of his gimmick kind of thing. Like to reference yeah. like wrestling again, where it's just like, it's like I don't know what to think. I don't know if this is a real situation. And you had to bring you brought up a good point where it's just like rape is never funny. Um, Sam Kinison, like, like that's one of the rules of comedy. You never punch down. Like punching down would be like rape, right? Sam Kinison was like, oh, hold my beer. Like he made like a whole joke about like fucking something against like those hungry children in Africa, like in the eighties, if you will, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like to prove a point, like, yo, I can make anything funny. Comedy has no rules, if you would say. So it's like one of those things where it's just like fuck like again like like i said like nuance and and whatnot comes into play do i think less of joey diaz now before like this whole controversy no because i really thought like the whole thing that he was going to counsel for is like he has like a joke that's on a special where he talks about breaking into somebody's you're not gonna like this breaking into somebody's house and eating their pussy and like just oh, breaking yeah, back super at, rapey yeah the but super it, rapey it and like you hear that, that rape. you 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 hear that and it's just like oh wow like i remember hearing that at the gym like about six months ago and i was like it just like leaves you with like this feeling like wow that's that wasn't funny like why did you say that and, like kind of thing where it's just like where it's just like i i rarely listen to this podcast just because it's just like personally it's like one of those conflicts like yeah i think you're, sometimes you're funny sometimes you give good fatherly advice but at the same time it's just like Wow, that's super and disappointing. I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I do think that when this whole coronavirus thing happened, I had lost my job and I had mm-hmm. a lot of time to just chill out. So I started listening to his podcast and a lot of it was like very positive and uplifting. He was kind of like doing this whole thing where he's like, fuck it, you got to just do what you got to do to survive and you got to like stop worrying about the uh, the the government payouts. Just go do and work hard and do your thing. If you gotta get a job at a shop at a shopping market, do that. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Don't don't worry about government handouts. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of a good mentality to have. And I get that. I didn't think it was funny, but it was just like you know, this guy gives a lot of cool advice where he's just mm-hmm. very like fatherly in that sense. At the same time, it's like it's like his comedy sucks. And <laughs> like I I don't think he's funny. I do think he's entertaining as a podcast host. I think. And same thing with like Joe Rogan. I, I don't think he's funny. I think he sucks at stand up. I've I've been very open about his stand up mm-hmm. sucking, and he's very reliant on his podcast uh, guests, whoever's on there. I just think he he's just not good. Who's the dude that was on with um, the fighter and the kid, and the dude that got accused of like, uh, of like asking underage girls to like? Oh, Chris D'Elia. Yeah, that's one too. Like a lot of people like Chris D'Elia. 
I've never, like, I can say this before, like, this whole controversy happened. Like, I wasn't really a big fan of him. I know our friend Ross, he posted, like, his latest special was, like, one of the funniest things ever. And I'm like, I still think Bring the Pain by Chris Rock is better. But, like, he, he got accused, or, I mean, tw- he, the women actually showed, you know, screenshots of, like, his messages yeah. of him, like, grooming underage girls to, I mean, he didn't act upon a 17 year old but he waited till they were 18 it's like one of those weird things like wow that's super creepy and it's just like you like for me i always caught that vibe from him and one of brendan schaub's friends who um brendan schaub does one of his 17 podcasts with theo vaughn would always make fun of chris batalia be like y'all man you look like a pedophile like he would always call him out for that and recently when all this stuff came out he was like yo like i had no idea that he was really doing that in real life it was just like he kind of always gave off those vibes to me. And he goes, I never personally seen anything. And if I ever seen something like that, like I would call him out for it. And he goes, that's just like a super weird coincidence. But he said it in like a Louisiana accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was just like one of those things where it's just like, yo, like even like Brian Callen, um, who who's one of the co-hosts for Fighter in the Kid, he was just like, yo, like I've never seen anything like that. And I would never condone anything like that. And if I had seen anything like that, I would have checked them immediately. And I thought that was really cool to hear. Surprisingly, those two guys actually keep their shit pretty clean. Um, and and they're super. I don't want to just this, everything associated to Joe Rogan is like shit because I think they do a good job on their podcast. Even though like I'm not, it's not really my cup of tea. But I think they do a good job on their podcast. Mm-hmm. And same thing. And I don't want to shit on Barstool. I know I started off by talking all this shit about Barstool Sports and all these things. I really, really love, and I have not stopped listening to to um part of my take i think part of my take is hilarious and mm-hmm. i still listen to them but i do think that the the, the prez like i forgot his real name but i do think that he's he's in the wrong i i just i can't i can't back that shit and i would say this too and like you said it perfectly me and you sometimes we have differing opinions i, I would say for the most part like we're in the same camp like mm-hmm. i'm not candace i'm not i'm not gonna be the candace owens to your like fucking keith Olbermann. Uh-huh. but like i think we're in the same camp it's just like we kind of it, again, nuance. Like we'll see a different part of the nuance or whatever. And for the most part, neither one of us is 100% right or 100% wrong. But like what Obama was saying, like, and no, I'm going to play it here in a minute. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, but like he was saying, it's just like you should get over this whole cancel culture quickly because people are very, people who do good things are very flawed. And like that hit home to me. It was just like, yeah, no matter, we're talking about people here who are just like, they're, everybody's going to let you down. Like that 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 quote where it's just like, don't ever meet your hero kids because they're always going to disappoint you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think one of my favorite people of all time is Shaq. Like it's just because I, I love the guy. I love watching him play basketball. I love his entertainment. I can't believe we, I'm fucking wearing the shirt and we haven't talked about it, but there's one I still want to talk about. Oh, we can jump into it, man. <laughs> I mean, but like, like Shaq, I mean, but sometimes like listening to this podcast, like I'll hear his takes on something and I'll be like, wow, that's disappointing to hear. But then I got to realize like, yo, this isn't my Lord. And- Shaq isn't my Lord and Savior. Even though he's like one of my all-time favorite people, he's not my Lord and Savior. He's not, you know, what Christians, you know, see Jesus Christ as this yeah. perfect person. It's just like, we all got to realize like, everybody's going to let you down. Art's going to let me down. My girlfriend's going to let me down. My mom's going to let me down. My grandma's going to let me down. Like everybody in your life is going to let you down. Everybody's human. Everybody has their flaw. Yeah. It makes sense, but I do think that everyone's flaw is is not the same. Oh, and, I agree. And I do think that going back to that whole like it's always sunny in Philadelphia thing and like the Michael Scott thing, mm-hmm. these two things are not created equal. If seventeen year or sorry, 
12-year-old Rich Bryant says the N-word mm-hmm. is different than like 48-year-old Joey Diaz making a rape joke. Mm-hmm. I do think that those two things are different worlds. And I would even say this before I uh, play the Barack Obama thing. The way this, this, this topic kind of got pitched was like, hey, like right now in America, like we're seeing like statues of Confederate soldiers yeah, and, yeah. and generals and whatever being torn down. And you see like a lot of people, like it's a very polarizing subject where it's like people are like, oh, you're destroying history, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, you got to look at the actual history of those statues. A lot of those, those statues weren't put up to commemorate, you know, the loss of life, you know, in, you know, 1865 or whenever, you know, the Civil War happened, right? Those statues were put up in protest of the civil rights movement, like in the 1960s, a lot of them. So it was just like, a big middle finger to, you know, the African-American community. And it's just like, yes, those should come down. We should cancel those statues because it is blatantly trying to be racist. You you know, a lot of people put this example out there about Nazi Germany. You don't see statues of Hitler or fucking, you know, uh, who, who's the angel of death that we did the episode on. Um, You don't see statues of them and the German things like, Oh, we need to remember our history. That's what museums and fucking history books are for. Yeah. You know, no nobody in council culture is trying to take those things out of history books. They're still going to live there. They're still going to be on Wikipedia. You know what I'm saying? You can still learn about Robert E. Lee. It's just, hey, we don't need a statue commemorating him in fucking Fresno, California. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. I mean, little things like we talked about the Compton High School. They're called the Tar Babies. Mm-hmm. We can get rid of that shit. Bakersfield has its own fucking issue where they have the South High Rebels. Yeah. Where, you know, for in the 1960s, they had Confederate flags as their color guard. They had Johnny and Janie fucking rebel, which is, yeah. you look that up, it's like, like Johnny, whatever the name of the mascot was, and was it, the leader of the KKK. And that's a fucking high school mascot. And it's like extra shitty because that's the part of town that's like notoriously been racist. And the fact that they have the North High Rebels there mm-hmm. is South like... South High. Or South High, sorry. Wait. Yeah, South... The oh, North South Star. High Rebels. Yeah, North Star. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, then that's... Sorry, where is South High? That's like in the hood then. Yeah, that's where a large African-American community is. And like, isn't that some shit? Like... Like the the school that you go to that, you know, a lot of people, you know, I'm an alumni of East High or whatever. You ride or die. A lot of people live their whole life riding or dying for the school that they went to. The mascot of your school that you went to high school for, you're an African-American person that grew up in South Bakersfield. The mascot for your high school fought for your enslavement. Like, isn't that some bullshit? Yep, that's terrible. Um, The one that I want to talk about is the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. And I'm wearing a Caucasian shirt right now, which is supposed to be like a satire i guess of the redskins the redskins and it's so fucking terrible that we're in 2020 right now and we're still having this debate that one of the professional football teams has this as its mascot Mm -hmm. has that word as as its name Mm -hmm. and that dan schneider the owner of the of the washington football team it's like terrible to even say like but it's just like he 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 put out a committee to try to see if this word is offensive or not it's like, motherfucker, like, people have been telling you this for a while, and he mm-hmm. keeps finding, like, well, according to this, like, 30% of them, uh, of Native Americans don't think it's offensive. And it's like, <laughs> dude, yeah, but it's like, motherfucker, you have to evolve. Like, this is, yeah. the time is now. And I know that the the, uh, the Cleveland Indians also want to change their logo, which the word Indians is not, not offensive, offensive, but the logo that they're using is, like, this caricature of a Native American Sambo. person. 
Yeah, it's fucking terrible. And see, that's the thing too, where it's just like you'll fi- you'll look back in my childhood, and again, just the if you want to cancel Jacob from the R and Jacob Do America podcast, this is what I mean when I talk about nuance and context. When I was a kid, when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, or whatever, I loved the Cleveland Indians logo, right? Um, it's Chief Wahoo. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because it's a cartoon character, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking kid watching Master Splinter on TV and Lord Zordon, right? Mm-hmm. I love that logo. Even though I was a Dodger fan, you know, like I love that logo. And I remember my mom buying that hat for me because, you know, on Saturdays, like when we pay bills, she didn't want to do my hair. So she made me wear a hat. So she bought me that hat just because I was like, oh, I like that. I even had no idea it was a baseball team. It was just like, oh, that looks yeah. cool. My dad grew up on a reservation. Like, it's just like, oh, that's cool. I'll just wear it or whatever. When you're a kid, you, you don't think anything of it. But then you get older, you're like, wow, you look back on it like, wow, that's super cringy because you look at the history of that logo. It's basically a Sambo. It's like blackface, if you will. Yeah. You look at the the majority Native American consensus, a lot of them hate that logo because it's offensive to them. It makes them out to be a character, character, caricature, right? Same thing with the Redskins. It's a fucking racial slur. That'd be like having the fucking East LA wetbacks as a fucking uh, a fucking football team, <laughs> yeah. right? And then like, well, they're, you know, and we talked about it, you know, before recording a couple times. We're just like, yeah, you have people within the race. They're going to be like, well, wetback isn't offensive to me because uh, they're not talking about me. Yeah. And that's what I think like people like Dan Snyder do is like they conveniently look at, oh, okay, here's like, here's my affirmation bias right here. Here's the one or two people of that community that don't think that way. And I'm going to ride with that when it's just like the overwhelming consensus of it. You know, we can talk to Alex, one of our best listeners, whose husband, you know, is a part of um, a Native American tribe. And I'm pretty sure she would say the same thing where it's just like, and she'll probably tell us a week from now when she listens to this, that, hey, yeah, their tribe. Is <laughs> She's going to listen to this right away. She's watching right now, probably. <laughs> She's going to tell us right away that, hey, fuck yeah, we don't want that as the name, That yeah. even though that she's a Packers fan. It still doesn't matter. There shouldn't in 2020. There shouldn't be a racial slur used as a professional football team's name. So there's two that I I thought were interesting because some people and it's not that large of a community and I'm actually not for it, but there was some talk of like the Blackhawks changing their name, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense to me because the Blackhawks is the actual tribe that is in mm-hmm. the Chicago land area. I don't think the logo is offensive at all. That looks like a very realistic person mm-hmm. drawing or a person. So I, I'd actually, I just, I do think, again, going back to the cancel culture, you have to go to the individual thing, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that one is at the same level that Red Chief, Steve. yeah, the... the, the or Chief the, Wahoo. Chief Wahoo. Chief, <laughs> Chief Wahoo is at. Yeah. But I will say that someone made an interesting case for the Minnesota Vikings and the fact that the Vikings in general were known as, like, rapists mm-hmm. and, like, pillagers and all these things. And I kind of had conflicting like opinions on it because it's like i guess i get that but at the same time like i I don't know i just felt so weird on that one because i was like i I don't associate it to that Mm -hmm. i just i felt really weird about that one i mean and to me it's it's giving tribute to the norse community that is within minnesota yeah yeah and that's what it is thor basically thor the character thor is a viking right Mm -hmm. not and that's the same thing too when you look at it that way again this lives in both worlds where it's like not exclusively liberal, it's not exclusively conservative. If we're going to condemn Trump for calling all, you know, calling Mexicans rapists and thugs and whatnot and Black Lives Matter people as thugs, not all Vikings were like that. That that's 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 a narrative that you know history 
it's, I don't want to say racist history because we're talking yeah. about Vikings or whatever. But I mean, yeah, that's the word I use is racist. Like if like that's where you automatically go with it. Not every Viking was like that. Was there people like that within the community? Yeah. It's like saying that all like the pe- Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, oh, it's, man. it's like, I, I get it. You know, are we talking about Swiss Family Robinson or are we talking about fucking, you know. We talking about Disney Pirates or are we talking about like those fucking like rape murder pirates which not all pirates i mean were of that ilk some of them were just like independent you know navy police or whatever but what you can call but i get what you're saying with that but um no i agree and i I feel conflicted because i actually don't know i don't know how to feel about that yeah because i've even though like i i'm i don't know i'm probably in the wrong but i just don't i don't have a problem with it but if somebody has a good argument, I'd like to hear it. I'm not mm-hmm. against like changing which, my opinion, which is fine. We don't have to live like, and that's the thing that bothers me too. Again, about nuance, we don't have to absolutely live in one world or the other. We don't have to be in opposition to each other. Where it's just like, hey, like I'm open, like you just said, like I'm open yeah. to hearing your side of it. That's why I think culture, not just council culture, but like just culture in general right now is it's just like you absolutely have to live in this world where all the liberals are trying to change everything or you have to be in like a camp where like yeah you are a liberal and you are trying to change everything and it's just like no you don't have to live in those camps like you can see everything individually like we both can agree it's just like the vikings that's not what we're talking about here we're not talking about raping and pillaging if that's what you see maybe you've got some shit in your mind i think marilyn manson says that too like when he, he talks about one of his songs like hey that's not what that song's about but yet, like a Christian yeah, person is yeah. saying, like, "Oh, it's talking about the devil and worshiping Satan." I guess you can do that for everything too. Like, I went to Highland High School, and the Scotsmen's were our, our mm-hmm. logo, and I don't find anything offensive with that. But I guess if you want to like dig deep into like their like snake whacking days, uh-huh. then you could be like, "Yeah, I guess cancel the Scotsmen <laughs> for like but killing snakes." The high the, the it's Highland, right? The the, the 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 next word that you associate from Bakersfield. If you're not talking about the high school, you hear the word Highland. You're talking about the Highlands of Scotland. Yeah, yeah, the Scotsman. Like you're not talking about a specific rapist from Scotland. Yeah, right? yeah. You know no, I, I agree. I think it's it's a slippery slope when you start going down those mm-hmm. things. It's like technically we can cancel, find something to cancel something and everything and everything. And I think again, there's some cases that I'm like, yeah, that's a really good case why this motherfucker should not be in media anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there's some cases where I'm just like, yeah, but that's kind of the stick. Here, let me play this Barack Obama oh, thing I've it. been hyping up for like 20 minutes. This, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then 
I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV, watch my show, watch Gronish. Um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. And that's a really, really good take. And I, I agree with this, with everything he said. I mm -hmm. do think that this whole cancel culture thing, and I'm surprised we haven't addressed it, is a relatively young person's thing. A I lot agree. of this is Gen Z kids mm -hmm. that are finding, like the whole Filthy Frank thing, I have to keep going back to that, but I think he's a really good example Filthy Frank had been around forever. Like mm -hmm. he did, he did Filthy Frank for like seven years or whatever, and you know that was kind of like, you know, I would say like that was like you know when I was in my like twenties or whatever, I found out about this stuff, and mm -hmm. and now there's like Gen Zers that are like now entering their like, you know, senior year in high school or whatever, and now they're like finding out like oh. Joji was Filthy Frank, and Filthy Frank didn't shake black people's hands. He put gloves on. Like, I do think that the this Gen Z, although I think they're doing some great things, they have become overly judgmental and overly... They're still growing up. Yeah, mm. overly woke to the point where, like, you know, and, and I don't want to judge them too much because when I was a kid, I was really into Rage Against the Machine, and I wanted to, like, destroy the government and all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that when you're young, there's a romance to revolution, and you might fall in love with that romance too quickly and too easily without actually taking in all the facts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where they're at. And I, I still think it's great that they're so passionate. Um, and, I, and I think they're right about some of these cases. I think, like, the... Who's the dude? The Shane Dawson. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I agree. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, you're right about Shane Dawson. Like that dude seems like a pedophile. Even though we don't agree on the Joey Diaz thing, I I think they're right about the Joey Diaz thing. But I don't think they're right about some of these cases. Like I, I think they're right about the the Washington football team. I've been on that fucking case for like a while. Because no, you're like, on record. It's well documented since we started this podcast. Yeah, like I was like, we gotta get rid of this. Like somebody, even, even like like something like as cartoonish as uh, Splash Mountain. You know, Disney is notorious of saying like, hey, we're not acknowledging the Song of the South as, you know, a part of our catalog anymore. Yeah. You know, we're, but, you know, the most popular ride, arguably, at our theme parks, you know, across the world is Splash Mountain, which is based upon this, you know, pretty racist movie where it's just like you, you look at all the characters, you know, on that ride are based upon, you know. They're basically blackface yeah, animals. Yeah, blackface animals, like racist stereotypes of black people and whatnot to the point where it's just like, I remember when I first started uh, dating my girlfriend and we went to Disneyland for the first time, I was thinking like in the back of my head, you know, on that little log <laughs> that you're, you know, you know, navigating through on, um, I'm thinking like, man, it's only a matter of time before they have to, they have to change this ride because it's just like, man, that bear right there, that's basically a stereotype of a Southern black person. One of my personal favorite rides at Disneyland, and it's a really chill ride is, um, Jungle Cruise. And one of the genius things about Disney that I think that they're doing is, there's a Jungle Cruise movie that's coming out with The Rock. You like The yeah. Rock? Um, yeah. And I actually, like, you know, applaud The Rock and, and, and Disney, and I think The Rock had a lot to do with this, that they're going to take a lot of the things that are going to be in the movie that are obviously not in the ride because the ride's like a five-minute long ride, mm -hmm. and they're turning it into a movie. So they're basically taking a lot of those elements, and I think The Rock is actually going to be, like, a character in one of the Disney things now, 
which is fucking weird. But they're gonna they're gonna take all these borderline racist things though. Oh yeah, of, like the Indians and shit. Yeah, like yeah, like Aborigines. I can't even. Oh, say Aborigines. It. Aborigines. Yeah, uh, I can't even say it still. But they're very racist. They're very stereotypical, and they're gonna kind of remove these and like add new features to that ride in both parks, which I think is a really smart move by Disney because mm-hmm. this ride. You know, the first time I wrote it, I was like, wow, this ride is not that hasn't aged PC. That well. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I'm glad that they're also tying it into the movie and saying, mm-hmm. like, hey, this movie's coming out, and once this movie comes out, we're going to be ready to, like, roll in mm-hmm. the new things where it's like, because if they did it now, it wouldn't make sense why The Rock is here. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And it's not, and then, like, a lot of, like, people on the other end of it will say that, like, oh, you're erasing history. And it's just like, well, sometimes you got to change, not to say that you're erasing history, but you're updating, you know, your palette. You know what I'm saying? You or you're improving the future. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just like, I, th- I think people get too, get their heels too dug in the sand about things where it's just like, well, that's the way it's been. That's the way it's always going to be. We're never going to, I don't dig that mind frame because it doesn't allow any room for growth. How can you grow if you don't change? And that's fine. You know, people make a good argument about, oh, that's the history. You, you know, we need to know our history. Again, that's what Wikipedia and that's what history books are for. So you can learn about that. You can read it and then move forward and oh, be yeah. better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think back at the, like the me, the art that posted that thing about Paris Hilton and like having mm-hmm. AIDS or whatever. I mean, that was me at like age, I don't know, like 21, 22 when mm-hmm. I was surviving off Taco Bell and Monster Energy drinks. And it's like, that's not who I am now. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like the there, Michael Vick thing. Yeah. You have to, you have to tear, you have to tear yourself up to in order to be a stronger person. Yeah, I'm not gonna take that post down though, <laughs> not not because I stand by it, but I think it's a good reminder that we all have scars. Correct. And um, that's it. I mean, that's how I feel. This is a really mm-hmm. good episode. I yeah, to, I gotta admit. I, I want to say else? too. Yeah, I do want to say too that you know, cancel culture kind of originated what's called. I'm surprised I didn't put this at the beginning of the episode, but it made it this far. Um. Council culture actually got its name from black Twitter. And that's one thing I want to bring up too, where it's like a lot of things like come from black Twitter. Basically it's just Twitter hashtags that originate, you know, from African Americans or, you know, black folks, you know, doing something that's very culturally significant, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole like by Felicia thing and like all these things that make its way into, you know, the mainstream culture, you know, originates, you know, from black Twitter, you know, gets culturally appropriated if you will. Um, but council culture does come from black Twitter but it has, you know, its beginnings, you know, from, you know, a show called Love and Hip Hop um, in 2014 where I've never watched Love and Hip Hop. I know what it is, um, but um, I never watched it. But I hear it's cringy as fuck. Yeah. And so it's, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, reality TV with the girls from We're Not Sure Yet. Uh, but one of the segments was the this gentleman, like he's trying to break up with this girl who's being like overly needy with him. I, I watched the clip or whatever. It, it was super cringy. And she's basically telling him, like, we're going to get married. We're going to have a family and da, 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 da. And he's like, no, that's not happening. You're canceled. And, you know, they did, like, one of those, like, uh, after interviews with him. And he's like, hey, where did you get that from? Like, hey, you're canceled as opposed to, like, hey, I'm breaking up with you. He's like, yeah, this is from New J- I think I was watching New Jack City, you know, the night before. And uh, Wesley Snipes' character, Nino Brown, um, it's super sexist. It's ironic that cancel culture gets his name from this, but um, Nino Brown in that movie, he's a drug dealer and fucking one of the best movies I've ever seen of all time. I love fucking new Jack city. Uh, but you know, he's this despicable drug dealer or whatever. And you know, he has 
this girlfriend in the movie and Nino Brown towards the end of the movie, he's creating all this chaos within his community. Um, he's, you know, responsible for all the problems of his community or whatever. And his girlfriend sees like, Oh shit. Like wherever Nino's at, like it's, he just leaves a trail of like death and destruction and despair. And like he, she's trying to like articulate this to Nino and Nino Brown's like, like, fuck you, you know, basically get out of my face. If you're not willing to ride or die with me, you're fucking canceled, bitch. And like he throws her on a table and like pours like uh, champagne all over her. And he tells like his goons, like, cancel this bitch. Super sexist, super like offensive, super mm-hmm. Joey Diaz, if you, you, you could say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where cancel culture comes from. It comes from this this character canceling his girlfriend. And I, I just want to make a clarification. I'm pretty sure people get it, but I I understand the difference between acting like to me, it's like yes, that was a sexist scene, but I'm not yeah, against yeah, yeah. it. Like leave it in. I am against when it's like a real life. Like if if we had someone on here, if we had like Jesus come on and he's like, let me tell you this story about this time I made a girl suck my dick in order to like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh hey, by the way, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like I've purposely like disassociated myself from people that I think have like shady past, even though I've considered them friends in the past. I don't have an issue with like. We're not talking like, about Jesus now, are we? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus is that. Even though, like, me and Jesus don't see eye to eye on, like, the Goya thing, like, I still think Jesus is, like, a legit mm-hmm. dude. I know who you're talking about, but, though. Yeah, but there's people that I've, like, disassociated myself from just because, like, I've, I've, if multiple people, <laughs> and I feel like that about, like, you were talking about the fighter and the kid, how mm-hmm. they were saying, like, yeah, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have, like, had this dude on the podcast or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that's how it should be. Like I, I applaud them if, if they're really actually willing to do that. Dude, and Brendan was breaking down crying too. This is a fucking former UFC heavyweight. Yeah, <laughs> he's breaking down crying just to know that his friend was a groomer. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like I, I do think that there's people that, you know, whenever you hear multiple stories about something like that, and you, you kind of have two choices of like, hey man, like let's sit down and talk. Which you know I'm kind of old, so I don't really fuck with like I don't. I mean I have so little things in my life that i want to care about now mm-hmm. that that's it and and um or you could just be like yeah i don't i don't really need this shit in my life. i don't want to make a big deal about it but i don't really need this shit in my life yep yep so with that said art damn like you said it's been a deep ass this is topic. a deep episode man i'm glad we do these from time to time man yeah. like i know we do fucking ghosts and demons and basketball things but every once in a while we get on these and i like these i mean literally like the first episode that we did was similar to this like we were talking about you know trump or whatnot but this is this is the art jacob do america experience where we get into everything we're not going to pigeonhole ourselves to true crime or fucking the paranormal whatnot i mean it's happening in america that's if you go to the youtube i'm sorry if you go to the uh the website that's the way, because they gave me so little words to describe it. I couldn't use the same description you had on there. Mm-hmm. So I had to like be like. Condense it. Condense it to like, you know, if it's happening in America, then we want to cover it. And that was it. Hell yeah. So well, that said, everybody, make sure you, if you want to continue on this road trip with us, uh, make sure you follow us on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Everywhere except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. And that we might get counsel for that because it sounds like we're going to do something sexually provocative to a, oh, yeah. a, a bottle of A1 sauce. But, um, hey, counsel, fuck it, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, make sure you go to the website that Art has put together. Thank you, Art, um, at Art, Art and Jacob do America.com. Art, everybody, Art and Jacob do America.com. Um, <laughs> check out the Patreon. Um, if you like what you hear from us and you want to hear some more lighthearted topics or, you know, some bonus content or get some free shit in the mail, uh, which I've been mailing out every week, 
um, you know, go to our Patreon, you know, to contribute one dollar. Every dollar goes to improving this podcast, you know, getting beautiful like uh, LED lights. It looks beautiful, man. I've been staring at myself the whole time. We're like, oh, that background looks beautiful. I know those blue LEDs. It yeah. really makes a difference. It really, really makes it sharp. So it feels like Oprah's going to come in here in a few uh, minutes. Start giving shit away. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oprah's going to be like, where am I? Am By the I? way, Oprah has been canceled, too. I don't oh, what does she do? I have no idea, but pretty much everybody's been canceled. But oh, um Make sure you go to our T Public, tpublic.com slash R Jacob Do America to get yourself some t shirts, get yourself some mugs. Shout out to Nicole Smith Botch, who uh fucking has her own uh clothing apparel line. She oh, sent wow. us these she sent us these mugs as well. She's gonna be sending out some uh, shirts and whatnot <laughs> as well. Um check out her brand. It's I don't I don't know if I'm mispronouncing it, but it's Suker uh, S U I K E R. Oh, I thought it was just S K O. Yeah, no, but um, yeah, she's she's actually a sponsor of the Podbelly Network. Make sure you're checking out Hell the Podbelly yeah. Network, uh, checking out um, some amazing podcasts um, within the family, like We're Not Sure Yet or Paranormal Punchers or Art. What's some of your suggestions? I love Kim and Cat. I think they do a great job. Uh, did you already say Ectoplasm? Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm is doing cool shit. Um, I think they had like a thing that they're going to reveal on their next episode or something, so I can't wait for that. Um, yeah, those are great podcasts. Also, Sofa King. Shout out to Sofa King. Always doing go. big things. Hell yeah. Shout out to Brent for keeping this this dream alive. Um, as well as checking out all of our sponsors, which is Caveman Coffee. Go to cavemancoffee.com. Use promo code AMERICA for 15% off. And then just when you're doing your grocery shopping, just uh, get some El Yucateco hot sauce. Tag us in those pictures. Tag them as well. And we'll send you out some free swag. We got some stuff ready to go. So tag us on that social media so hey support two <laughs> great things hell yeah man so with that said art you got anything oh uh, yeah i just want to do my uh shout out i do i just thought about this shout out man i can't let didn't even bring it up till right now it just it just hit me right now but um shout out to kevin hart man for coming on the podcast and just just being spectacular you know he listened to uh jacob jacob was telling him his ghost story he had some like cool like one one-liners for us uh that that episode will be coming out soon don't worry um just uh we just got edited together and stuff and yeah. kevin was fucking hilarious as usual yeah so speaking of cancel culture he had a moment where we, we should have brought that up to him about cancel culture but we didn't he's a cool guy friend of the show we can't wait to have him on and i think he was gonna have his on on one of his movies or something yeah but um don't yeah that's it. it so shout out to him and tell your mom when you booboo too well that's it everybody Good night.